there's like so much power in how people love you that it kind of like shifts your heart it's not a shift that I can explain but I just know like and I felt God is really like giving me all of these things that I didn't even know I needed this is the unseen story first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of his children what God has done for our storytellers he lives to do for you the Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. How others view us and how we view ourselves can affect our behavior and ultimately our identity. When we see ourselves through any lens other than Jesus, that image is warped. Leslie shares how he changed her false view that was shaped through others in today's episode, My True Identity. Hi, I'm Leslie. I'm 21 years old. I'm going to be 22 next month. Um, I'm from Arlington. It's uh, here near Dallas, and I was born and raised here. I grew up, like, I would I would say Catholic, because that's kind of what you really say. Um, in mainly Hispanic households, like, you are what your parents are, so... Um, I mean, I would consider myself Catholic when I was a little kid, but honestly, I can like count the times that I went to church with both of my hands. I didn't have like an abusive childhood or nothing like that. I just didn't really ever feel like that much of a connection to my mom. There was always that void. Like I didn't have my mom to like do these things with me, not because she wasn't there. She was, but I just really always wanted to be with my dad. So I wasn't taught, like, how to do my hair as a little kid. I don't remember, like, I can't recall of a time where I sat with my mom as any other little girl would. So I felt, like, very, I guess, wounded by that. And I always felt like I didn't get that. So I feel like as a child, like, I was looking for that with other little girls. I thought that they could give me what my mom didn't. Along with with that... um, when I was around four years old, I got abused by my neighbors. Um, that went on for around eight years. I think it stopped probably when I was like 13 or 14 years old when we moved out of the, the neighborhood. I guess from those things that happened to me, I always felt like guilty, like if something that I did had to do with that. And experiencing same-sex attraction as a child, I, I felt like I would get punished for what I felt. So it felt like something that I was required to literally carry on me. Just kind of kept that to myself really throughout my whole life. The first time that I actually went to a Christian church with my dad after he got remarried because his new wife was a Christian, I didn't really want to go, but like they dragged me to go. So I went and most of the times when I was there, like I would just have headphones on. I didn't really want to hear it. And when I did hear it, it was always like so condemning. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like, I just kind of, like, just sat there. Um, I just remember I would have, like, some encounters that I thought were meaningless back then. Like, for example, as I was sitting there just on my phone, this lady came up behind and she said, hey, uh, the Lord wants me to tell you that he's calling you. And at that time, I just didn't really know what that meant. I was all like, oh, this lady's just telling me that because she wants me to pay attention So I would just do that. And there was times where I would get like prophetic words and I didn't really know Jesus. So I would just be like, they're just telling me this because my parents told them. I actually see now where God really started moving. Um, I started working at a dealership right after high school um, as a car salesperson. 
it was like a big dealership. So they had a lot of employees and there wasn't really a desk for me yet. So the sales manager was like, hey, you're going to have to share a desk, a desk with Josh. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't mind sharing a desk. Until I got to his desk and he had like a Bible. He had all of these verses. And I would just sit there and I'd be like, this dude is like crazy. Like he has like Bible verses. He doesn't even cuss. Like, because at a dealership, honestly, a lot of like the environment there is really not holy. Like <laughs> there's like drugs, there's alcohol involved there. He would talk to me like about Jesus. And I just remember one time I told him, I was like, Josh, if I'm honest, I was like, I don't care. And I just told him like that. And he just looked at me and he was like, but Jesus still loves you. Like, hey, can I share my testimony with you? I was like, oh, I have a customer. Like I have to go. I would always cut him off. <laughs> and um, yeah, like it was like that. And at that dealership, like I started experimenting with drugs. Um, I would drink before, but I started like really heavy drinking at that age. And I was 18 years old, so I didn't really, I couldn't do it legally. So my coworkers would take me some. I would buy drugs from other people that worked there. I thought that I was happy because I was making good money and because I was like having fun, like the world would say is fun. But in reality, like I always felt bad when I got home. And I would just lay in bed thinking like, is there more to life than like what I'm experiencing right now? You always, you're always looking for more once you get something from the world. Like it's never enough. One little thing leads to another one. And that's kind of how like my life started going. And I got like really bad into drugs where it was to the point where I would smoke right before I went to work. And when I went home and during the day, I would take like Adderall and just kind of like really anything that they would offer me. I don't think I would ever turn it down. I just kind of one day, I had like a really bad day. I don't really remember what it was about, but I remember I went outside and I was just standing there and I just wanted to cry. Like I had a big knot in my throat. Josh came outside behind me and he was like, hey. And in my head, I was just thinking like, oh my God, here we go again. And he was like, hey, can I like tell you my story? And I was like, well, sure. Maybe like if he tells me, I'll, he'll like stop asking me. And he told me his story and he kind of had like a same story like what I did at that time. Like he was telling me how he was addicted to drugs. Um, he was like very promiscuous. He told me how he had an encounter like while he was driving and he was high. And when he told me that, like I started crying and I could not explain like the feeling. It kind of felt like, I don't know, if I would have to put it into words, it's like if someone's like has your heart in your hand, is like squeezing it. And um from there, like, I just started crying, and I couldn't understand, and he started praying for me outside, he was like, is it okay, and I was like, yeah, sure, and, like, as he was praying for me, like, he was doing it in front of people where normally I would feel, like, super embarrassed um, to even have someone pray over me, and I felt so different, like, I felt a different way once that happened, so he invited me to his church, um, and I went, and I met um, a pastor named Michael there, uh, the first time that I met him, he looked at me and he was all like, hey, God wants me to tell you that you're going to have this job at this place. And I was all like, oh, my God, like, cool. Like, I would love to work here. So <laughs> I went home that night and I applied. They emailed me back like three days later and they were like, oh, you didn't get the job because you don't have a diploma, <laughs> like a college diploma. So immediately, like, I got so discouraged and I was all like, he just lied to me. Like, he probably just told me that because he wanted me to keep going. So I went back to the same things that I was doing before because I felt like discouraged because I got a prophecy and it didn't happen. But now that I look at it, like it wasn't my timing, it was God's timing. And um, randomly, like a year later, 
I get a call from that company and they're like, hey, are you still looking for a job? And I was I was kind of mad. So I was like, yeah, but y'all told me no because I don't have a, a college degree. And she was like, oh, no, that's OK. She was like, can you come in for an interview? And I was like, but I applied a year ago. She was like, yeah, that's OK. So I went in and uh, when I got there, she offered me like the job kind of immediately because she was walking out with me. And she was like, I'm not supposed to tell you, but you just got the job. And I was just thinking in my head immediately when she told me that, like, it seemed so impossible because I was already told no and I didn't have, like, the requirements. And I just thought, like, man, like, this has to be gone. <laughs> and um, I was still in contact with Josh and Josh and his wife and uh, Pastor Michael. They were just kind of, like, discipling me and just teaching me the word. At the time, they did not know that I had a relationship with a woman. They didn't know that I struggled with same-sex same sex attraction. And I didn't want to tell them just out of fear because I would be like, oh, if I tell them, they're going to be like, oh, get out. Like, you can't be here. I would see stories on how some people would be treated so badly because they were a part of that community and they were trying to identify as a Christian. Like, I mean, you get rejected and it just kind of gives you like a bad idea of Jesus when you have the church that claims to know Jesus and yet they treat a certain group of people so badly because of sin um, when in reality, all of us have sin. So we have to like kind of learn to be loving and accepting of everyone, but yet also talking about the sin, not just kind of like, oh, Jesus died on the cross for every single sin. Yes, he did, but he also calls us to be obedient. When I was in that relationship with that woman, like I felt like so much support emotionally that I felt kind of like, if I don't have this this way, then I'll never have it at all. And that was my biggest fear. And and I started like looking on YouTube and there was like people who say that they were gay and they were a Christian. And I was like, okay, well, people do this. So this means that I can do this. And I found this book by um, this, his name is Sam. So he wrote a book called It's Okay to Be Gay and a Christian. And um, I messaged him trying to talk to him. And turns out that he no longer identified as gay because he said that he felt like the Lord told him that that wasn't okay. And now he's a Christian. He no longer identifies that way. So I was here looking for this guy that wrote this book that said it was okay, but he was no longer identifying as that. And he was now a Christian, just living for the Lord, like trying to find his identity in him. And that's kind of when it clicked for me. And from that day on, like I gave that up and I just gave it to the Lord. I was like, Lord, okay, then here, like, but if you're going to want me to follow you, like, I have to have an answer. I can't do it feeling this way. So I did that, and I would try to, like, change things myself, but it never really worked out. I just felt like the Lord was, like, fall in love with me first, and then I'll do the rest. And I just kind of started doing that. Like, I started knowing Jesus more. Um, and it was, like, it's been so amazing. Like, if I think back about it, there's so many things that he has shown me, and like redeemed me from that I didn't even know that had hurt me like I had things with my siblings with my aunts with my uncles that I felt like so hurt by them um in regards to like I never felt comfortable as a woman because I was always told that to be a woman you had to be a certain thing so I even as a little girl like I loved being outside I didn't really like playing with dolls like I like being outside with the trees and everything and I would always hear like why don't you act like your sister like you act like a boy. Why are you like that? And I felt so hurt by that, that I felt like even from a little kid, like I felt like something was wrong with me. But the Lord really showed me like 
femininity is not described like but what you do but by what he says like he would tell me like you're a woman like I love you like this I love that you love like nature like I created it I love it too and I just kind of learned my identity like no matter what the only person that can tell me who I am is Jesus there's like so much power in how people love you that it kind of like shifts your heart it's not a shift that I can explain but I just know like and I felt God is really like giving me all of these things that I didn't even know I needed and that just kind of like satisfied that void that I had in me with friendships and now at this point I no longer like desire to be with a woman because I feel whole enough I feel enough of a woman to love a man like if you're seeking Jesus Jesus to be delivered from homosexuality then what's the point like you're supposed to seek him for him not for something that he can give you in this world or something that you want I didn't want to be delivered. It just happened. Like, I finally know him and I finally know that he loves me. Like, no matter what I do, no matter what I faced, that's what I heard from him the first time to fall in love with him first and he'd do the rest. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we think you'll also like Alexis's story, Light in the Darkness, and Adira's story lost and found. They'll be linked in the show notes below. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.